0: Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Welcome back to our B-Series, Untold Stories of Leadership Transformation. I believe to have, do, or be more. You have to become more. And I love this because I have in the studio Justin Black, who just happens to be my son. And I've been able to watch his whole transformation, obviously his entire life. And I could start when he was a very, very young man. uh, Up till now, he's 25. Or I could just start out, really, Justin, when you were in high school Talk about your experience that you had in high school. You, you had just uh, come off of two years in junior high of playing football. You were a young lad, of course, and you played uh, little tykes football in elementary, and then you played in junior high. And I watched that transformation happen from eighth grade until ninth grade. Talk about what had happened in your life at that moment.
1: Well, first of all, hi, tea. to be here on your podcast. Um, Let me just say, first of all, that my biggest inspiration growing up was you. And you taught me not through necessarily teaching, but it was more of an osmosis thing. It was more of just your presence. And I just remember my whole life, you being up at 5am. And I always just think of you in that way, is that you are the one that rises up at 5am. And you start your day and I remember sometimes I would be awake until 5 a.m. and I would see you getting up at that time to start your day and going through your journaling and your Bible study and everything. And so first of all, let me just say you are a huge inspiration to me.
0: Well, thank you, Jay.
1: And that means a lot because I'm your son. <laughs> yes, I done. I know the dark side too.
0: <laughs> yes, you know the bad parts too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, you know, I was highly recruited out of high school to play quarterback and I did that whole world for a long time and... To be honest with you, the whole football world really led me into a lot of brokenness. It led me into a lot of performance. it led me into a lot of building my identity and who I was around an image or around what I thought was the way to be or the, the just the right thing and um you know specifically in high school, I remember just not being okay with who I was. I thought I could like conjure up some type of image and become that thing and only to find out it was just so empty and it just never felt like it was the real me coming alive. And it wasn't until actually I stepped away from football that I started growing in who I was and I started growing in, you know, loving myself and loving God and just finding the synergy of that and living life from that.
0: And that had been years later. Years later, yeah. Yeah, so let's kind of talk through that process, Justin, because, um, and I love the fact that You said, you know, you got to watch the great things that I did, but you also got to watch the bad things that I did. And I remember a distinct moment, which I talk a lot about uh, when I became a Paul Mitchell school owner. And I remember when Claybaugh had this book, Be Nice or Else, and we taught it as part of our curriculum. And I remember in, I don't know if it was junior high, uh, late junior high, that you wrote a letter to your teacher and it was an essay that you had to write. And you said, I'm so thankful for Win Claybaugh and Be Nice or Else because it made my mom a nicer person. And so just the fact that you had that, it was part of your transformation, I believe, just to be able to watch, to see like, this is not exactly what I want. Well, it helped to transform me because you were able to kind of show me in a letter without telling me like, hey, I really like this new mom that you're becoming too. So talk about that. I really
1: do truly remember that. And the biggest thing that I remember about your transformation is that One of the biggest lies I think a lot of people believe is that they are the way they are and they can't change. And so for me as a Mm -hmm. young kid, to be able to watch my mom go from one person to another person within a decently short amount of time taught me, I think, for the rest of my life, that you are not the way you are right now, just forever. We can Mm -hmm. change, you know, neuroplasticity, all this new science coming out. You can actually change your brain. You can change who you are. And, um, and so for me, that was just really incredible. I think as a young person to see, you know, your mom do that is, is super awesome.
0: Yeah. So talk more about your journey, because I know that you had an interesting journey that I didn't find out until later. And so talk about some of the mistakes that you made as a young man that you now not necessarily regret those mistakes, but it helped to transform you to the person that you are today.
1: Well, I've made definitely a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that. I would say the biggest mistake I ever made was putting my identity in in an image and not into myself. And out of that produces brokenness. So out of that produced a prescription drug addiction. Out of that produced anxiety. I remember I used to have these night terrors at night because I would be up for so long because I was abusing prescription drugs. I had like five different doctors that I would go to and... You know, I was just so lost. I was in this world of college football where, you know, I had to put on a face in one area. And then as soon as I went home, I would shut my bedroom door and I was miserable with who I really was. I was just miserable. And the only way for me to find a way out of that was to drug it and was to find a concoction. You know, I was so obsessed with what if I could just find a concoction that would, like, make all these things go away. (laughs) And it's a total lie. And I drugged myself for about two years it got you know at its height it was super super bad where I wasn't sleeping for three to four nights on end and if you know anything about sleep after about day two you start to hallucinate you start to just you're delusional just completely delusional and anybody listening to this that you've ever struggled with high levels of insomnia you know exactly what I'm talking about after the third night your brain starts to play tricks on you and um, you know I remember at the height of it was close to my junior year, and it was uh, it was a very very private battle that I went through. It was very um, functional. I learned how to be who I was while also living in dysfunction and just creating a life of you know this whole dysfunctional thing. Um, but uh, at the, at its height, I remember there was a moment where I was standing on the edge of these stairs, and I was looking down the stairs, and I heard this voice behind me say, "Jump, you won't get hurt." And it shocked my whole system. I remember just chills going down my whole body and standing on these stairs and hearing this voice and just being in this real moment of, I just heard this voice and I'm standing on the edge of these stairs and he just said, jump, you won't get hurt. And this was at the height of like five nights without sleep. And that was the moment for me where I decided something has to change and I remember I went to my bedroom that night, and I grabbed all my pill bottles, and I dumped them in the toilet, and I flushed it, and I drove home, 12 hours to you guys, and I opened the front door, and I said, I'm addicted to drugs, and I need help, mm-hmm. and I think you remember that, that was, yeah. know, that was a little over three years ago, and, and that began a process with me and with God where I began to experience just radical freedom, and what that really meant to experience radical freedom, and, um, and here we are today so, yeah. in Southern California.
0: Yeah, and that happened uh, when you were in college and you were playing college football. And and talk through that process because there's people right now listening that are going through this private battle and they don't know what to do through that private battle. So you had your own journal Mm -hmm. journey. Talk through that process of what you think that you would recommend to them going through that. I think the first
1: thing that you should do, and I just had a flashback to my journal actually when you said that, Um, of just going through your mind and eliminating lies. Um, so I remember I went through my entire journal and I began to write down things like, I'm worth it. I'm valuable. I am a child of the most high God. I can do all things and going through and just speaking truth over whatever lie you're believing because lies, you know, they've typically stayed the same for a while, which, you know, at its height, I think is I'm worthless. That is one of the biggest lies in the world over every human being with breath in your lungs. It's just completely false. You are so valuable. You are so worth it. Before the foundations of the world, you were a thought in God's mind. Mm -hmm. And and that's just so beautiful to me. And so I think the very first thing you have to do is you have to begin to speak truth. You have to speak truth not only over yourself, but speak truth over your circumstances. This thing's going to change. This thing's going to change. This person left me, go ahead, because I'm going to find myself, and I'm going to work on myself, And, and when you begin to speak truth in that way, I think it, it, you know, maybe it doesn't shift anything in a week, but maybe it shifts something in two weeks and maybe it shifts another thing in three weeks. And you begin to create this momentum of just building a life on truth and not building a life on feelings or on what happened to you. Even though, you know, I have nothing but grace for anyone that's gone through something hard. You know, I don't even know what it's like to go through some of the stories that we hear today, Mm -hmm. but there's a moment where you have to come to a place of tired of being tired and you begin to speak truth over where you're at. Does that make sense? I love
0: that. So yeah. your st- step one is just speaking truth over yeah. yourself. And let's, let's go back a little bit because I remember when you were about 16 years old, we saw this addictive behavior in you. And yeah. we said, hey, we're going to hire a coach. Yeah. And he was, he was actually a sports coach, but he was also a life coach. And uh, we brought you to Indianapolis and you met him. Talk through that process of what that was like for you in that moment.
1: Well, I remember he scared the crap out of me. He had those mm-hmm. eyes of fire, and I felt like he was <laughs> just looking right through my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if you can afford a coach, get a coach. If you can afford some type of way to find a mentor to do anything in that world, you know, I think I've been so spoiled in my life in terms of just early on of having access to people like that. I never really learned the value of it or how to appreciate it where whereas now I'm actively seeking out those types of people because they just they walk in such wisdom um but I just think you know it's so important to to surround yourself with the right people at the same time so going back to being 16 years Mm -hmm. old I think that started a pattern in me of of knowing high value people when I see them and then being attracted to them and even though he would make me email him Everything I ate from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., including the orange juice that he very much disapproved of. So I think that's kind of where I built my own coaching business now out of that whole,
0: mm-hmm. that whole
1: you know formula that he was making for me. So
0: that's so cool. So as you uh, think about, uh, parents are listening right now, and they may not know yeah. that their child is going through an addiction or a behavior. And talk about what that addiction was, because I know it was Adderall. And, uh, and so talk about, get, get more detailed with that of what drew you to that Adderall and to get more and more of the Adderall as well. Yeah. Talk, and talk to the parents too.
1: Yeah, well, for me, you know, the, the whole drug world started with performance enhancement and just a way to be better, be better in the classroom, be better on the field. And it eventually just snowballed into something I couldn't control and especially when you start talking about losing sleep, then you got to add in other things. You got to add in the downers. You got to add in all kinds of pills. And so I was just trying to create this concoction of being on autopilot for so long. And you know, it's so crazy for me to even talk about these stories now because it it seems like a different person back then. You know. And so I think as a parent, it's like if you're you know if your child's young, I think I would begin in the scriptures where it says, "Raise a child in the way he should go." And I think a lot of parents specifically mistake that as raise a child in the way they shouldn't go. And so it's always don't do this, don't do that, don't go here, don't talk, you know, surround yourself with this kind of person. Um, and so I think as a parent, especially if your child's younger, you know, begin to demonstrate those things. Begin to just be an example of what it means to choose a higher life, to choose higher options, to choose whether it's in your career or in substances, you know, choose higher. You know, I don't remember you ever struggling with any kind like of alcohol or anything like that. And, you know, so for me to be in dysfunction, knowing what's right, from you, from Dad, from a, just the amazing family that I'm from, it just created this you know this warp hole in my brain of this is not right, and so I returned to what was right eventually um, but let's say your kid is you know in the teens or into the twenties and is struggling with addiction. I would say the first thing is laying foundations of love with them where it's going to be okay for them to open up with you. If you've always been the parent that has been speaking from, you know, the rooftop down to them and the way they should go, I would say that you probably don't have that relationship yet where you can begin to have those tough conversations because when you're in addiction, anything outside of love just sounds distorted. It just sounds, I don't know how it works, but your brain Mm -hmm. doesn't hear it but anything that comes into love, you can hear. And so you begin to value relationships where you can feel people actually love you. And the safety net of this person will actually love me through this. And, and so, you know, sometimes that means just fit, like saying to them, I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to love you through this whole process. I'm standing on the finish line already. And, and laying that foundation with them, I think, And, you know, it's so important. Um, You know, I can't really speak for my own experience because my, you know, experience going through that with, you know, with substance abuse was, um, you know, very, very spiritual. And it's something that I got free from through worship and through um, surrender. And um, and so I didn't you know, I didn't have a mentor bring me out of it. I didn't go into a program, even though I love programs and I love all those things. Mine was more um, of a supernaturally being set free in a moment that I was just free. And mm-hmm. I just never struggled with it ever again. And, you know, and obviously there's foundations that needed to be relayed. And, you know, the first year I just couldn't believe I was free. And I was just so happy to be alive. And it began a process of just, you know, rebuilding my life from there. And, um, and you know, one of my mentors, Tim Story, he wrote a book called Comeback and Beyond. And so the beyond is all about, it's not about the setback. You know, we all go through setbacks. It's It's the comeback so that's the first year that's being happy to be alive that's laying foundations of love and just pursuit of life and beginning to learn how to dream again but then the beyond is when you begin to partner what with what is actually spoken over your life from god and that's where you begin to dream again and you begin to you know partner with your original design and who god intended you to be before the foundations of the world those kind of things mm-hmm. that, that you begin to partner with is the beyond. And, mm-hmm. and I think in the last year, I've really been able to step into the beyond, not just in what I'm doing, not just in a successful online business or in-person business, but it's, you know, it's the beyond in thinking. I have beyond peace. I have beyond stability. I have beyond just in every area of my life, I, I can feel God, and I can feel that even if I'm not there yet, I can see he's working on those things in me.
0: I love that. So, I, I love we're talking about being beyond and something you had said earlier about the parents. Because I want to go back to the parents. And I remember you were in, uh, you were hanging out with the wrong kids. You were doing not so great things, drinking, partying. I remember this moment. And I remember when we knew something was wrong. So, this is before we hired the first coach in Indianapolis. And I sat down with you and I said, Justin, I want you to know there's nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. And I remember we were in the living room and I said that to you. And I remember you kind of just stared at me. I said, you could murder somebody, Justin, and I would still love you. I want you to know there's nothing you could ever do. And I know that that sunk in and went back to the what you said, lay the foundations of love. And I think that's so important to hear. Someone needs to be listening to that right now just lay the foundation of love Mm -hmm. and the fact that transformation begins in me you cannot fix and change people you're looking at your kids right now you're looking at your spouse you're looking at your family you can't fix and change them but you can fix and change yourself Mm -hmm. and then people start to see that and the transformation starts to happen and and let's talk about going back to Tim's story because he was a huge part of our lives and I had the coaching back when you were 16. Well, then fast forward, we see you're struggling and going through this process in college. And uh, Brian and I, my husband and I, your dad, we would we followed you to every game, and we were just we were like there, and we knew you were struggling mentally. We knew you were. We didn't know that the addiction was that strong, and but we knew something was off. And I hear Tim Story speak. He's speaking to the Paul Mitchell School owners. And at that moment, it was just like the other coach that we got you around. We said, we need to have Justin meet Tim Story. And and so that's exactly what we did. We put you in that place. We invited you to a dinner with him. Talk about what happened in that moment because you had told me something when he shook your hand and then uh, something that you did that night. Talk about that moment.
1: Yeah, I'm, kinda, I'm getting a little bit emotional just thinking about it because it was such an, just a God journey that God brought me through. The moment I dumped those pills in the toilet and I drove home, it was like God took over. And I remember there was about two weeks there of me just living in surrender. I, I was spending hours a day in, in worship. And I don't know if you remember this one time dad came home and he started mm-hmm. making fun of me for being a monk. Yeah. Because it was the Mm -hmm. only thing that gave me peace was just laying on the floor in my room and just declaring that you're worthy, God, like you love me and I know who you really are and I worship you. And I would just lay on the floor and I would do those things for hours and hours and hours. And and two weeks later, dad says, come on, we're going to the airport to pick up Tim's story. Who the... Hell is Tim's story. <laughs> oh, he's a motivational speaker. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. The last thing mm-hmm. I need right now is a motivational speaker. Like, I just want to live in this place of peace. Like, don't pull me out of this place right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so I ended up going. And I remember I got out of the car, and he was on the curb. And, um, and I just said, hey, Tim, I'm Justin Black. And I reached out, and I shook his hand and introduced myself. And, you know, I remember that moment. I'll probably never forget that moment for the rest of my life because I felt something jump off my back the second I touched his hand, and I had no back history of who Tim Story was, anything about him, and um, and it, it just lit a fire inside of me all of a sudden, and I remember I was sitting in the back seat, and I just kept asking him question after question after question, because I was so perplexed with, with what was on his life, I didn't know it was the anointing at that time, I didn't even know how to have necessarily the right language for what was on his life, but all I knew is I had questions and he kept answering them. So I did not stop Mm -hmm. asking him questions for about two hours Mm. about everything, about the spiritual world, about the, you know, the business world, the entertainment world, everything that he was working in. And, and he lit a fire in me that just didn't stop burning to this day. And, um, and, you know, I owe so much to Tim and, you know, living out here in Southern California and being able to work with him and being in his life, you know, I trained him every single morning, Uh, so every morning I got to just sit with the life coach to the stars and he would just speak life into me and and, you know Tim has really changed my life in so many ways and I'm so grateful for just just who he who he is and how he stepped out into this beyond life and then pulled all of us with him and um and you know I just I'm so grateful for you Tim so if you ever listen to this I love you for
0: real real. yes and Brian and Tina love you too and and uh, so you, you said a few things. You said first, number one, to create this transformation in your life is to speak truth over yourself and yeah. over your circumstances. Number two, seek a mentor or a coach and really ask a lot of questions, just keep asking questions, keep getting more mentors, more coaches in your life. And number three, go on a God journey. Or even when I think about that, when, when, you know, giggling saying that Brian said you're a, a monk because you're laying down, you know, for hours. Uh, but met, we know that meditation actually Creates this incredible uh, neurology in our brain. You mentioned that earlier because you can actually fix your brain. And I feel like that God journey and meditating on God's word like fixed your brain at that moment. Let's let's talk about that moment as well. You know
1: know what's so funny about the minute I dumped those things in the toilet was that everything I did after that for almost a year was almost to a T what you would do when you quit drugs. And I know that because I sat in Dr. Amin's office, mm-hmm. who it, it works with brain imaging mm-hmm. and who helps people get free from all kinds of drugs. I sat in his office and I watched him go through a list of the things that you should do the things that are recommended from a natural standpoint of how to get free from drugs, and meditation was at the top, taking the supplements I was taking, whether it was uh, triosine or different type of amino acids that I started to integrate into my diet, you know, choline, omega-3 fatty acids, probiotics, things that are good for your internal health, all of those things, I didn't know why I was doing them, I just knew all of a sudden I was attracted to supplements, I was attracted to fitness, I became, you know, just obsessed with getting you know into the best shape of my life, and um, and so for, I remember I got emotional in his office because I was sitting there and it was almost like God had laid the framework for my freedom way before he even knew that I was gonna choose it. And it was just such a beautiful thing to sit through, um, you know, to sit through his talk and I'll never forget that. So a year after I was free, I actually went into ministry for a while and, uh, and I didn't necessarily have the best health during that time, I just knew the freedom I had, I had to give it away. And I was willing to pray for anyone at any time. And, you know, to hear that actually a lot of my best friends that I grew up with and even, you know, friends now that are still struggling with addiction, to hear that they had been going through the same thing that I was going through and we all just didn't know, like we all were just able to keep these things secret from each other that to me was just not right. And that to me was worth giving my life to setting people free. And so I joined a ministry for a year and I just wanted to be able to just touch people and pray for people and to give away the freedom that I had because I just I I could see it in people's eyes. Like when you come out of something, when you stand on the other side, I don't know what it is, but you can see it in people's eyes when they're struggling. You can see that same thing and all of a sudden you have an authority over it and all of a sudden you can speak life where there was no life. and and, you know for me so that was just i was i was done when you when you get set free from something like that you're done like you just want to give away everything that you can and um and it wasn't until a year after that that i began the fitness side of things and that was you know coming out of you know hearing hearing god on a direction in my life and 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 it meant stepping out into the fitness world and it started with my own personal transformation so if you ever board. You can go on my Instagram <laughs> Justin Black 15 and you can go down and see my transformation picture and and that was out of just a vision I had from God on how to transform my body. And that involved supplements, it involved eating clean. I cut out sugar for 105 days. I was strict to a T. Like you talked about earlier. We've always mm-hmm. seen this addictive behavior in you. Mhm. Well, guess what? Addictive behavior isn't necessarily bad, it's what you're applying it to. So anyone that's listening to this, you have an Mm -hmm. addictive behavior, you are awesome and you're probably going to change the world. Because just as much as you can choose something wrong, you can choose something right, and you can double down on that thing. And you Mm -hmm. just have a power that not a lot of people have. So I would encourage you just to know that you know that you know that if you have an addictive personality... You can apply it to the right things and you can actually build a life of your dreams outside of destructive things.
0: Powerful. I love that. So so let's go back. So the first step to transformation is speak truth over yourself and over your circumstances. The second step, seek a mentor or coach. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, make sure they're the right mentor or coaches for you. Uh, going on that God journey and meditation and number four is to give it away, and I truly believe uh, that generosity creates that transformation in our lives that we need. And I believe that our greatest adversity leads to our greatest assignment, and that's what I've seen with you, Justin. Is um, when we when we have a ministry or we're giving back from our own personal lives. That's how i ended up getting into the cosmetology school world was because i knew it was going to be a ministry and i didn't realize within 6 months of owning that school that i was going to have a young lady come to me that had tried to commit suicide that brought back up memories of my own life that i that i pushed under the rug that yeah. i didn't ever want to talk about because i was so ashamed of suicide because i had wrote a, a note to my family but i was able to help her through that process and then You know, God's lined up so many people since then to be able to help. And I remember you coming to me and saying, because I think this the be beyond you've been talking about be beyond because i think it's part of the adversity i remember you said what am i gonna do with my life i I have this bachelor's degree uh he got you got a full ride scholarship to play football and you got a bachelor's degree at a university of northern iowa and then you came to me and you said i don't know what i'm gonna do And, and i said justin you loved working out that was like you were passionate crazy enough about working out in the gym why don't you do something in the fitness world? And I think that was part of your transformation. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, that was the, the giving it away part to kind of stem into two things that you just said was, um, you know, I began a process of beginning to hear from God for over, for over a year. And I, I could only hear for God from a, for other people, which I think is interesting when I first started to just begin the ministry life and doing those things. And I could only hear God um, for others. And, and I loved it. And it was amazing because I would see things in people about their worth and their value and who they really were. And I would say in my heart, oh my gosh, if that's true about them, it's true about me. True, true, true about mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's got tongue tied there. Um, uh, but it just, it, it was such a beautiful life to just give away an authority that you have, that you gained in the secret place. And, um, and I remember I got, you know, decently dissatisfied in, in that whole world And I began to say to God, you're speaking to me for others. Can you speak to me for me now? Because I I don't have a lot of direction on what I want to do. And and he gave me this download when I was on a beach in Hawaii about what I was going to do over the next six months and what was going to happen after that six months and, and it was an, just an, one of the most incredible experiences of my life to be down on that beach but but out of that came my own transformation and out of that came this love for this fitness industry and for this world of working with people that you know maybe you're struggling with body image or maybe you're addicted to people's opinions of you and you know that's so many people that come to me is this this obsession with image and this obsession with uh, you know, I think it's funny that I'm in the fitness industry when I'm so far outside of that thought pattern that you know your body could give you an identity. Like, come on, seriously! Mm-hmm. Like, your mm-hmm. body's not going to give you your identity. Mm-hmm. Your your life when you shut your bedroom door and you're laying in your bed and you're really, really okay with who you are that is going to give you your identity. And and but it just mm-hmm. it stemmed this lump for this love for fitness because I loved the the euphoria and just the lifestyle of fitness because it was it's it's so easy for someone like me with an addictive personality to want something negative to stimulate my brain whereas exercise stimulates my brain on a whole nother level and, and it actually is giving me an incredible lifestyle it's giving me the ability to train people all over the country And work with so many different people you know I've seen over three people this year over the over the past year being set free from drugs and being set free from suicide and it it started with them being attracted to me for fitness and so it's so beautiful to me that I get to be in the secret service a little bit of taking on people that I want you to transform my body but they end up getting encountered by God in the process and they can begin to transform their mind
0: Hmm, I love that. And the only way you could help to transform people is because you yourself transformed. And you said something very quick, Justin, that I think somebody needs to hear this. You said, I gained it in the secret place. And that was really profound because a lot of people don't even know how to talk to God. They don't know how to listen to God, uh, which you had that own transformation with yourself. So talk through that process. What is it like? How do you get into the secret place? First of all, where do you start? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so you know, just because you can't hear for, hear from God right now doesn't mean He's not speaking. You know, the Bible says that His thoughts for you are like the sand on the shore. So, what that means to me is that God can't shut up about you. You know, He's had all of eternity to think through your destiny, and if you know anything about theology, it's that every thought that God has ever had for you outside of eternity was before the fall. So, every thought that He has for you right now is just seeing you in your fullness, to seeing you in your fully redeemed form. And, and so when you begin to partner with his voice, that's when your life really transforms. But I'll go into the secret place because I think this is just the, the key to life. And if you only knew how many powerful people know about this place, if you only knew about the people in Hollywood, if you only knew about the, the business people that understand how to get into the secret place, you would go there, trust me. Because this is where life actually becomes real and and it has to be in a you know a secret place it has to be in your, for me it's my bedroom for me it's my bedroom was such a place of torment for so many years that it became this place of just unbelievable peace and and i remember that every time i'm in a bedroom and i shut the door i feel peace and i used to feel anxiety in that place because that was like you can be whoever you want to be in front of people you can be the best Christian in the world, you can be the best whatever in the world in front of people, but it's really hard to lie to yourself when you shut your door. And that's why God is obsessed with that place because he's obsessed with what's real. And and so for me, it just it started with sitting in my room and saying, "God, you're real. I know you're speaking to me. What are you saying? What do you love about me? What do you love about my family?" what were your original intentions over me? What was your original intentions over my family? And, and just listening to him and just letting him download his thoughts to you, you know, it doesn't always start with just this audible voice, I am God. That mm-hmm. very rarely, rarely happens. But what it does is it begins a conversation. And I think that's the most important thing is that you know, he sees that. He sees your willingness to begin a conversation with him. And maybe you don't hear him the first few days, but maybe you hear him the third maybe you hear him the fourth, maybe you sit and you just pray and you just say, God, thank you so much for my life. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I'm in this place that I won't be in another year. And thank you that you are just designing my life before time that you've designed my life. And in the secret place to me is the, obviously the most important part of
0: life. How do you know when you hear him? Like, is it, just, you th- like, how do you compare it to God's voice or your own voice? Like, what do you, how do you know? It takes, a lot, sure? it
1: takes a lot of time. It takes okay. a lot of discerning of your own thoughts and a lot of discerning of his thoughts. But one of the main things about the voice of God is that it feels and it sounds like love. And in most people, even the worst of the worst, most people know what love feels like. And they know that, they just—they know when love is around. They know, like, when your grandma comes over with the cookies, and you feel that sense of love. That you know, God is love. So when you begin to feel and sense love, I would say that is probably one of the main things of the discernment of His voice, is that it feels and it sounds like love. Um, but then it takes time. It takes the discerning of thoughts. It takes getting around people that are also actively trying to listen to Him. You know, I think community is so important built around a secret place you know we can get alone all we want but if you don't have a community then you're just kind of you know you can get very lost in that place because you know that's just that's not a wise thing to do but in the community of getting around people that are also engaging in hearing from God and you know maybe they're turned off to you know I God doesn't speak so I'm not going to listen to him like you know if you're in that place that's okay he's going to speak to you (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I would get ready for that but um But, you know, I just think that it it feels and it sounds like love, and and then it takes time. And I would just Mm. be patient with yourself, and I wouldn't get frustrated, especially when you're, you know, when you're trying to hear his voice. Because Mm -hmm. a lot lot of the church specifically has come under this, like, a lot of weird theology about God. And it, it would be very hard to hear somebody's voice if I didn't know what they sounded like. Or because of my image of him was distorted because of some church or some whatever happened in your life for why you feel that way but um, so it obviously it takes time it takes the right theology it takes the right community around you and, uh, and I mean, it's just something you can do though t- you know today you can sit in your room and you know especially if you're struggling with addiction like you know what it's like to be lost you know what it's like to feel hopelessness and and it wouldn't be that challenging for you to sit there tonight and just pray that God I love you and I know that you're for me and I know that you have freedom already aligned for me in my life and god can i start a conversation with you today can i start a conversation with you and will you come and he'll come he really really will Mm -hmm. like i'm telling you he will just based on my own life and just based on what i've experienced he will come and he's got power
0: (laughs) yeah i love now you can see why justin is my spiritual coach or one of them my daughter is as well and uh, Justin, talk to the people right now because I've had students and some of my team members come to me and say, Tina, that's not the God I know. The God I know uh, does not love me. It's not the God that I grew up in. You kind of touched on it for a minute to to kind of erase that past and start fresh with God. Um, how can they truly know that God is for them and loves them? Because a lot of people will say to me, no, that's not the God I know. It's the God of hate. It's a God of Um, he's Mm -hmm. mad at me you know of my past like I know it's it's a whole nother conversation but help the person right now that says no God's not love
1: well I would argue with you that God is in a really good mood and that God Mm -hmm. is really really good and he's really really full of love and you know we can go back and forth on theology all day but all I can speak from is just the the testimony of my life is that I was very lost and I was very broken and I called out to God and he showed up and he didn't show up angry. He showed up as a father and he showed up as someone that set me free and he didn't just show up as someone that set me free but he showed up as someone that had a whole nother plan for me. Like think about my life in the last two years and moving out here to California and everything that I've been able to do he knew those things. You know, I posted on Instagram today about the the dreams in the nighttime that I used to have and what it means today to be at this hotel, you know, the Island Hotel in Newport, because I used to have dreams almost every night of being in this hotel while I was in that hopeless state, while I was dealing with addiction, while I was dealing with depression and anxiety. I would have dreams of being here today. And to stand in this hotel, mm. especially today, was special. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was about today, but today it was special to stand in this hotel because I was standing on the promises of God, and I was standing on his goodness. And, and you know, I don't, I'm not a theology major. I'm not a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I just teach people fitness right now, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I can speak from the testimony of my life, and that is that he's really, really good, and he's a lot better than you think, and he's a lot better than I can even describe him.
0: Yeah, and and you touched on that, Justin, because you said the last step was community. So let me go back through these steps uh, to create your own transformation and speak truth over yourself and over your circumstances. Seek a mentor or coach. Uh, Go on a God journey or meditation journey. Um, Give it away, generosity, give back, ministry. Uh, because our greatest adversity leads to our greatest assignment. And lastly, community, getting around the right people. And that's my biggest, I would say, struggle to help people. How do they get in the right community? What do they need to look for? What, what advice would you give?
1: I would say that you wouldn't even know how to find the right community until you're the right person. Okay. So I would begin to start with mm-hmm. yourself, because I don't know what it is about, how this works, but let's say a negative person walks into the room and let's say there's a room of crowded people. Eventually that negative person is going to find another negative person in the room Mm -hmm. and they're going to start talking about something negative. Right. Right. But when a dreamer walks into the room, I don't know what it is, but they all kind of come together and they begin to just spitball with each other about dreams and about a life that's beyond a life that's different. So I would definitely say, start with yourself And if you want a friend, be a friend. If you want love, give love away. Begin with yourself. Start loving on people. And you'll be amazed at the connections that that brings and at the people that will come from that.
0: Yeah. I'm sensing that this whole transformation is called Be Beyond right now. And And I thank you for that Tim story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about you right now is uh, what you're doing. Uh, you've transformed my life physically because I, I joined your fitness app. And instead of walking into the gym and walking aimlessly around, right? So your your ministry slash business has changed so many lives. And I know that it has personally because it's changed my life. Talk about what's future for you, Justin, as is, is you going in this next season in your life, because coming to California was a huge vision in your life too. And I think that was part of your beyond story as well too. What drew you out to California first of all, and what's next for you? Talk about your business and how can we get a hold of you?
1: I'm super excited. I'm super excited just, you know, for, for people to be set free. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about me building the seven figure business. It's not about me having, you know, a hundred clients. It's about me, feeling and knowing that I'm making a difference the way that God made a difference for me. And uh, and if you wanted to get in touch with me, I mostly get my clients through Instagram. through um, My Instagram is justinblack15, or you can go to justinblackfitness.com. Um, and especially if you are dealing with addiction, I just want to say, please just message me and let me pray for you or just let me somehow be involved with you. you know, there's no finances attached to that. I love to help people, especially through addiction and obviously it it can't happen for a thousand people that hear this but you know maybe it can happen for a hundred or two hundred and uh and so please reach out to me for those kind of things because that's my heart my heart is to see people set free especially just as someone that knows what it's like to sit there and to have that those glossy eyes and to be in that state to you know to be in that state and then to be outside of that state my heart and my life's journey will be to just get people to the other side because it's Mm -hmm. so good and he will Mm -hmm. use you to do so many amazing things so
0: yeah and we're working on a book together called be free as well too so i think that's pretty awesome so again it's www.justinblackfitness.com and we'll put it in the show notes as well too so justin i want to thank you for being on the show and sharing your untold stories of leadership transformation so thank you Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.